Welcome back to Stream of Thought. This is episode number 203, and we begin the episode by talking a little bit about my neighbors. One of them is just perpetually angry, and I get to hear their bouts of anger all the time. The other is a newer neighbor who just, uh, a couple red flags came up in the conversation. And that transitions, for me, strikes a couple of chords when it comes to the relationship that we have with other people, the conflicts, the tensions, the ups and the downs. What do you do to deal with people who you might have disagreements with? All of this and more is discussed on today's episode of number 203 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Before when the girlfriend was there, he was always screaming at the girlfriend. And the girlfriend kind of just took it and sometimes would talk back to him. And then the girlfriend moved out. And then he would always be screaming at the video games. And whenever he's on the phone, he'd be screaming. And it was funny because I, I caught a moment when it sounded like he was on the, the telephone with customer support. And, like, maybe the support got their manager or something like that because he's on the phone and he says something like, you know, no, I'm not being an asshole. It's just that your employee is too stupid to comprehend what I'm trying to say. And then I had to, like, walk out the door for something. And I thought, yep, definitely been there before where just you're trying to explain the simplest thing and the person on the other end just doesn't get it. Who knows? Maybe he – I mean, chances are he was probably being an asshole. But anyway, he's screaming at the, the video game, the TV, and for the first time I hear he had reached his, his max, right? He had reached as angry as he could get because then he started whimpering and started to cry a little bit because he just couldn't take it anymore. And – the great thing is, once I started hearing this, I was like, okay, enough's enough. I got to record this on my phone because too many times I start to hear him go off and I'll try and record. But then shortly thereafter, he stops complaining about whatever it is that he's complaining about. And so I just don't have any audio recording. This time, though, I take my phone. I put it next to the windowsill. I lie in bed. And as I'm starting to do, to doze off, every now and then I hear him. And then I'm kind of awake. And so I decide to grab my phone. I say, like, I'm going to turn this off. I don't really hear him anymore. So I have a cumulative uh, 45 minutes of audio that have been recorded. And I'm going to splice it up so that we don't have to deal with any of the dead space and... You and our listeners will get to hear a little bit of what I hear almost on a daily basis. I'm going to attach it to the end of the episode. But, dude, it's just like I, I thought for a moment he was going to maybe have an epiphany because, again, I'd never heard him once before whimper. And, by the way, he was upset because it sounded like he had purchased an online game and then the game didn't download. Or downloaded and he wasn't able to play. And the part that I enjoyed the most was the part where he was like, please, God, please. 
I ask you for just little things every day. You never come through. I'm just asking for this one thing. And he's just going on and on like that. And it's very, very comical. And I'm very much looking forward to splicing it up and attaching it to this episode for everyone to hear. I mean, I... Okay, so so I have, like, I have a lot of emotions when you're saying that because when I was in my marriage several years ago, um, we had some noise complaints, and upon reflection of the whole situation, like, dude, I mean, there was yelling and shouting, screaming and stopping, all that stuff. Most of it was not me, but I did contribute to that, and I did not minimize that, and... I always thought, well, why doesn't someone just come and talk to me? Well, dude, if you're if you're freaking out and like it sounds like shit is getting thrown against the wall or there's pounding on the ground, like that doesn't sound like an environment that's that any reasonable person would want to go up and say, uh, "Hello, knock, knock, knock. Hi, I'm sorry, you're being a little loud right now. Fuck you, fuck you, all this, right? yeah, yeah." So. I don't know. That's 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 very that's very visceral for me because I yeah I in in the moment I don't know I it's so weird because that's so out of my character to like be part of that environment as somebody who's not that type of person. Um, but in the wake of everything that happened in my life, I was like, oh god. But some people just live their lives like that, and I never realized that I was I was kind of sucked into this world of super like outward aggression not caring what anybody else thought and um yeah man holy crap that's uh i i don't know what to do about people like that because you just it it's it's so insane you can't do anything they're on their own journey they need to figure it out themselves (sighs) yeah right but you figure grown adults people who are over the age of like 24 or whatever should know kind of social decorum i we talked about this before so yeah wow 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 that's (laughs) yeah i don't know if uh i mean because i find it funny but i don't know am i allowed to think it's funny it's just all the time right at one point at one point can you laugh at somebody's misfortune and misery and at what point does it cross the line where it's like, all right, you should just not be, uh, you know, enjoying somebody else's discomfort. Like the the thing as you're talking to me about this, because you mentioned about this before uh, as well. I'm just thinking this dude has to have some sort of like mental illness. And I feel like, you know, if that's the case, I would not find humor in that. If it's just like a douchebag who just wants the world and is totally capable of doing whatever it is that, you know, he can do. That's different, but yeah, it, 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 I don't know. It just sounds like they're, it's somebody who has like a cognitive deficiency in some form or another. They're not able to like communicate in normal human ways. And when it comes to that point, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I tend to have sympathy on those type of people, but it's still super annoying, but it could it could just be that they're just a bitter, horrible human person as well. I don't know. I'm also surprised that I have never heard him break anything or throw something against the wall. I've never heard any type of disruption other than him 
just raising his voice and screaming at the television or, you know, whatever. Because a lot of the time when he's screaming, uh, one of one of the times – I think what I when I heard him right before I started recording, he was like – he was – he got so angry that he picked up a weapon that didn't have any ammunition. And it's just like – it's it's for example, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Great. Just great. I pick up a weapon and no ammunition. This game is fucking awesome. Not, how the fuck did they find me? I'm hiding. How could you find... And he's just, like, anything and everything he screams at. Anything and everything. And I gotta think, like, he must go to bed just exhausted from all of the screaming that he does. Like, I'm, I'm exhausted just from hearing that. <laughs> all right we'll switch it up then so switching it up so that was the neighbor that's in the actual building next to me a different property and so this neighbor lives in the building next to me but we're in the same property so this is the lady that was in the courtyard the one who i was telling you about who was like oh do you want me to make you something to eat i'm like i'm a grown-ass man i don't need you to cook. it was weird i told you about how it was just like very odd an odd interaction and so i see her again and uh, she's really nice, and I'm talking to her. I can't remember how it got brought – oh, because before I was actually eating outside, whereas this time I just went outside and I was drinking a beer. And uh, she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know, yada, yada, yada. I just ate, and now I'm just hanging out. And she's like, oh, okay. Did you, get enough to, did you get enough to eat? It's like, yeah. She's like, are you sure? I got a meatloaf if you want. I'm like, no, I don't need you to feed me. Like, it's just so strange. And she, because it, it, it's like, are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, I am sure that me, a grown ass man, does not need you, a total stranger, to just give me homemade food. Like, that's too weird. It's too freaking weird. Right Someone off the just bat. wants a friend. What's wrong with that, man? But here's what I'm getting right. at, and I don't know what to do. So I'll, I, I'll need your advice because I'm talking to her. She's been living here on the property for like maybe two months or something like that. And I'm talking to her, talking to her. She's really nice. And there were a couple red flags where I kind of just tilted my head. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if I would say something in that manner. Okay, I'm still listening. And I get the feeling that she looks through the world through a filter of pessimism. Because she's also the type of person where, like, she's talking and you kind of – you get what she's saying. And then she kind of goes off the rails a little bit and it's like, wait, 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 what are we talking about? And then it comes back to what we were – it's like, wait, 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 where did that come from? Because – I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. Something about, I think it was about L.A. And she was talking about people or whatever. And just so that you have background, you know, she's born and raised in California. And uh, and she was telling me how something how like when you're trying to do something and people get in your way. And she's like, yeah, you just got to tell them, you know, fuck off and get the hell out of my way. And she went on some tangent. And I was like, totally. You know, sometimes you just got to tell people to fuck off and get the hell out of the way. But it seemed like 
that was her default setting like that's how she is all the time as opposed to like if someone's in the middle of something and like your friend is trying to get you to come out and you're worried it's like no fuck off get the hell out of my way like i'm doing this like she would say that to strangers but also i think she was saying how to you know being a woman and sometimes going around places on your own you get harassed and so i think that's maybe where it comes from i have no idea but anyway she was telling me about one of the beaches south of lax and she goes, yeah, it's totally your vi- your vibe. Shorts and flip-flops, like, you'll love it. Because I was telling her I've been going to Venice a lot. Like, you'll like it a lot. It's really cool. I'm like, yeah, no, it sounds really good. And she's like, yeah, good people. Like, everyone's just hanging out and everyone's in a, in a good mood. And then she says, uh, you know, in recent in more recent years, there have been a lot of foreigners. So the foreigners, foreigners have kind of ruined it. But dot 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 it's like i was like wait what lady what are you talking about who are these foreigners that you're speaking of (laughs) you mean regular americans that have you know different an ethnic background outside of the united states is that what you're talking about are are you referring to tourists like what who are these quote-unquote foreigners that you're referring to and she had said it again she'd only said it i think twice in that manner like uh, foreigners I'm thinking, all right, born in California, but you probably voted for Donald Trump. (laughs) And that's what I'm thinking, right? And so she keeps talking up the beach, the Dockweiler area, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. And and I said to her, you know, just passively, like, oh, yeah, you know, I I should check that out. I might be able to check it out this weekend. It sounds cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, let me know. We can we can take my son's truck and we can drive down there together and check it out. No. Like, no. Maybe. No. No. There is a kicker. There's something that explains all of this, right? Because she's telling me uh, – because I asked her like, oh, are you uh, – did you come here from out of state or are you from L.A.? And that's when she told me like, no, I was born and raised in California. I've lived by the beach my whole life and I was in Colorado and I, I moved back here. And she's like, I was, with, I was with Colorado with my son, and I moved back here, blah, blah, blah. And then later I go, oh, uh, you know, does your son still live in Colorado? And she says, um, no, my son recently passed away. So I'm like, okay, that explains a lot, right? Like the only thing I can think of out of off of speculation with this conversation that I had with her is that she was probably living with her son or I don't know I didn't ask obviously like how did he die but I'm guessing that either they were living together and he somehow suddenly passed away or maybe that she was his caretaker or something and so that's her as we like to say, modus operandi, right? Like being the caretaker. And so that's probably why she's asking me like, are you sure you got enough to eat or can I make you something? Oh, hey, yeah, we'll go. And I'm sure she's lonely and I don't know. And you know what I'm saying? Like just trying to navigate this new world without her son. It sounded like it was always just her and her son. It didn't sound like there were any other children or the father was in the picture at all 
and my my hesitation is like yeah obviously i want to like be very kind and accommodating and you know if someone is feeling down or lonely you know definitely be the type of person that can lift them up and and just kind of be a friend but i'm just a little apprehensive because what i don't want is uh clinging right what i don't want is for her to have my number and always hitting me up like hey come over for dinner hey let's go do this hey 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 right and so and so that's where i'm at right now and i'm not really sure what to do part of me says you know obviously her uh inquisitiveness is partially because of the fact that she no longer has a son who is probably my age but also you know, there's something that tells me, let's say her son, let's say that wasn't an issue where it's like, wait, who, I'm not going to hang out with people who refer to people from another country as foreigners with the tone that she used as if, right? Like it was just, it was just weird. It was very weird to hear that from somebody living here in California because everyone here in LA is super liberal oh yeah totally. right i would expect that somewhere in the south <laughs> i would expect that amongst people you know who are more conservative but it was very shocking yeah i don't know man um the my initial kind of so there i have i have like three or four different trains of thought going on off of what you said so first of all a person like that i i knew that type of person back when i was working up in minneapolis but I was working with this woman, and she had that exact same sort of mentality. And But we worked together. We saw each other on a daily basis. I, you know, friendly, whatever, collegial. And she would invite me over uh, to, you know, if there was a party or something like that, all that. I, I think I, I accepted maybe once or something like that. And, and that was the extent of it. And then there was somebody actually from our past, and I think I mentioned this to you off air, that there was somebody from our past who, like, reached out to me on social media and was asking me, oh, like, can we hang out? Can we do this, that, the other thing? And I I didn't talk, like, I'd never talked to him. He just, uh, like, kind of, like, kept messaging me. He's like, I, I, I saw that you read my message. What, are you ignoring me? Are you, you know, are you do So you have that, that element of the neediness or whatever. And my response, and I don't know if this would be the same thing, is taking them out of their comfort zone or inviting them to something out of their comfort zone. Because it's like, my response was, okay, like, I can, like, yeah, we can, we can get together, but it's going to be in a pastoral situation, right? If you have stuff that you want to talk about, we can chat about it. That's all good. No, and this individual freaked the hell out. I hate religion. This is like, what are you doing? Are you trying to brainwash me and all? And it was like a one eight. It's like, oh, okay. So there is like, can't wait to hear more about that off air because I do not remember this part. <laughs> okay, this this was this was about a year and a half ago. Um, I had only I did not know that this person had a visceral reaction to your invitation. I knew that they reached out to you. And that was the extent of it. But I didn't know that you invited them to this particular setting and they were like, hell no. Oh, and it was more than that. It, like, it was a total freak out. And I said, hey, you know, 
It's, it sounds like there's a lot going on. Do you want to talk? No, I just, I hate religion and I hate all this blah, 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 blah. As like, uh, okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm here, here to listen if you want to chat or whatever. But then it puts it on them, right? To be like, okay, so there's something a little, you know, whatever, but, but it creates that, that element of distance where it's, it's no longer a friendship. It's more of a, like a pastoral relationship. And that kind of alleviates the, oh, let's just hang out and be friends. If you, if you just pretend to be that kind of pastoral element and, and do that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, that's something that, yeah. The other thing that I just remembered right now that was a, a, a red flag was when, uh, I had, I can't remember what I said, but I, Oh, I had said how I really love living in Hollywood. I feel like our property is like this little oasis because – and I feel like Hollywood is like the focal point of all of L.A. because you it's so – at least my neighborhood because it's super easy to – you know, boom, 10-minute walk from Runyon. It's like boom, there's the 101. Easy access to downtown, easy access to the valley. West Hollywood is right next door. The beach isn't that far – like it's pretty focal area. And she uh, had mentioned, like, oh, I hate the valley. Grew up there, right? I think I I lived there a long time. You know, it's worthless or whatever. And then something we we were talking about, I don't know how, social media or people or whatever. And she's like, yeah, you know, people come out here with these big dreams and, you know, they think they're going to make something themselves. And the reality of the situation is it's not going to work out. It's not going to happen. But if you come out here without any expectations, you'll be okay. But if you come out here thinking you're going to be the next best next best thing you know you're just going to be disappointed which yes that is 100 percent true however i was getting a lot of negative energy from that so obviously yeah that's why the fuck i'm out here right like duh and better weather and so then i was like oh well i i guess i won't tell her that i'm an actor <laughs> but it was just it was a combination of the things that she the the things that she would would say would make someone kind of like tilt their head like hmm that was interesting in addition to just the you know the 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 negative tone and kind of how everything was said with just a pinch of anger there's that there's that subtle like element of negativity that they don't explicitly say anything that's like overtly negative but the tone tells you right Mm, mm. but then also one of those things where any regular person there is an ebb and flow to a dialogue right there is there is an ebb and a flow and when I would try and say something, sometimes she would cut me off and then say whatever. And I was out there for maybe 20 minutes. And so for the first few minutes, I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, we're getting, I'm getting a chance to know one of my neighbors, right, and whatever. But by the end of it, I was like, yep, I kind of, you know, when I come out to the courtyard, I think I want minimal interaction with her. But then she had told me, she was like, yeah, you're really the only person I've talked to since moving here. I mean, I don't, I don't talk to anyone else. Oh, you know? no. Uh, what did she, she say? She said, uh, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, 
fuck off and get the hell out of my way. I'm like, well, why am I the only one? And I'm guessing maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe I remind her of her son. I have no idea. You're you're you. But, hey, you have a friendly personality. You have a very positive disposition. People want to engage with you. Like that's just your personality. Who boy? Yeah, I. I don't know, man. That's 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 a tough call. What what are your thoughts? Like what what is your what is your initial instinct when it comes to encountering this person in the future? Continue to be kind and have conversation, but bro, I mean, this happened to me the other day, and you know about this. One of my weaknesses is like, bro, I'm I'm just not able to walk away from conversations I do not want to be in. Like, I, I, I wait for the other person to stop talking, and they just don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I, I don't, I, I don't have the strength. To stop them in the middle of the sentence, say, excuse me, I need to go do whatever. And so, I don't know, dude. I don't fucking know. So, here's here's kind of the way that I approach situations. Because I'm kind of in that same mindset and mentality where I let people kind of say what they need to say. A lot of people just need to get stuff off their chest, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's like, let's be friends after they go through this whole thing, assuming you listen to me. You're the only one who's listened to me. So that means you must like me because no one else listens to me. And my response is, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's not passive aggressive, but it is strategic in the way where if it's clear that there are certain things that are like that really get them upset or something like that. I tend to lean into that and say, okay, if you want to be friends, like with this person in the past, let's go to church because it was clear that he didn't like religion and stuff like that. Or let's, let's have a spiritual conversation, stuff like that. Oh man, that did a 180. Um, and I don't know. I, I, my, my initial reaction would be like, oh, hey, there's a gay pride parade going on, you know, next weekend. Let's go to that. You know, it's down by the beach. Let's 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 go to the gay right. pride parade. Some something something that triggers something, um, but it's it's always done in just an inviting way where it's like, oh, they like you already, right? They're having this conversation with you because they feel like you care about them, which is, I think, first and foremost in their own personal minds, getting meta psychological or whatever. And then you say something where it's like, well, if they like me, they must be like me. If that makes sense. Ah, interesting. So they must like the same things that I do. They must totally agree with everything that I do. And interesting. you, you kind of flip that script and just say something. But it's always done in an inviting and opening way where they're like, they've cared about me before. They've shown that they're willing to listen. But then they said this thing that's totally antithetical and totally opposite of what I believe. But wait, they like me. They like me. And so there's this this it's so interesting. This happened several times to me where it looks as though their mind is going through this warp meld type thing where they don't know what to do. They're like, but wait, people who believe in that are bad. But this person who likes me, I think they're good, but they're saying it's stuff that I believe is bad. What do I do? does not compute or whatever and then it it just it tends to just it just tends to just shut off and it ends you know future conversations because they're like it's a nice person but 
I can't I can't reconcile those two different components. So if they're saying things where I don't like these uppity LA people or whatever the case may be, right? If you are like, oh, well, you know, I'm listening to you. Let's do that. Like, let's let's go do this thing that uppity LA people do. Then suddenly it just it it shuts off. It's like, oh, maybe I don't want to be friends with them. Maybe I like them still, but I just don't want to. You know, I don't I don't want to hang out with them because they're one of those people. And so it's it's a whole thing that they have to deal with. I've just found it. I don't want to say amusing, but it's been it's been a little bit amusing to watch the thought process in real time as to how people interact when you say things that are so counter to what they assume you are because you're talking to them and they believe that you have a connection. Right. That's a good point. I'll have to, I'll have to try something like that. The thing is, is though, is I don't even want to, I mean, when you do that though, you extend an invitation knowing you know, 90% sure they're going to decline the invitation. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. No, I mean, when I was talking to the person about, like, having, hey, if you want to get together and hang out, that's fine, but it's going to be, like, you have to set the boundaries, right? It's your responsibility yes. to create the parameters of the relationship because they believe the door is open to there being a... a Mutual right. friendship that you guys can become best buds or something like that. Give an inch, take a mile. Once they recognize just a little bit of likability in yourself, they'll just say and do whatever they want because now they feel like they can be themselves 100% Absolutely. Uh, around you. 100%. That's very interesting. I never thought about that if somebody – I mean perfect example like – if somebody just takes a couple minutes to listen and that person isn't accustomed to people listening to them for that trigger to go off like, okay, this person is cool. This person likes me. I like them. We are now friends. Yes. Give them a reason to second guess if what to second guess how they want to behave around you. I, I, right? I, I guess I would frame it more in – you control the relationship and so set the parameters, right? If, if, yeah. if you're uncertain about what their intentions or motivations, um, you know, uh, personal ideology, whatever the case may be that, that gives you reason to pause that test it and, but, but be firm in being able to set those parameters, be make, make this box in which you are like, come into this box, but we're in this box I have set the walls, and you got to follow. Right. That's a good point. I'll keep you up to speed because she just goes out there to smoke cigarettes, and so I'll let you know the next time. Uh, next time I have an update, we'll see what happens. And it's always, you know, it, it's always uh, an experiment. I mean, I've, I've tried different things with different people, and having to experience a couple of those instances where in the past – I kind of fell into the trap where just I was, I don't want to say too nice, but I just allowed them to kind of dictate the terms that the relationship. What is the relationship? You see her when you go out into the quad and talk to her. Like, that's the parameters of the relationship. You are in charge of expanding or narrowing those bounds in whatever form that takes. It just, it takes, it takes sure. practice and experience to kind of 
try trial and error. Just hope. Hopefully, she isn't the serial killer. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's but the I'm only definitely thing. not getting in her car to find out, or going in her apartment right? to eat ha- food. To have find a little out. bit of meatloaf. Mm-mm. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, she said meatloaf, and I was like, "Oh, I actually don't really eat meat anymore." You know, since coming out here to LA, I've, you know, I just I've pretty much almost eliminated it from my diet, and from there, <laughs> I, the conversation just unraveled, but. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Speaking of red flags, because uh, <laughs> so this is this is something too where you know getting getting back into the whole ministry game and trying to do weddings and stuff like that. For the most part, I think from what I've shared in conversations with you in the past, things have gone relatively well. The couples I'm talking to seem to be very very likable, very compatible are able to communicate in very effective ways. No problems there. I I have recently had a couple who is getting married in the near future, and we have been trying to get together for a meeting several times, and it's kind of gotten pushed off a couple of times. And I finally had a conversation with... Um, one one of the one of the couples and they were saying something to the extent of there is there's a lot of stuff that still has yet to be worked out and both of these individuals have been divorced before they both have kids and so i am you know going to be overseeing this marriage where one of them wants like a uber catholic wedding um and i was was just listening to what the other partner was saying and thinking to myself there's there's some i mean red flags there there's there's stuff that just when you're trained in seminary you're trained to kind of be attentive to certain things that come up and I ended up talking to Joe afterwards and asking him, uh, so these kind of red flags popped up and I just, I, I didn't know what to do. And he said, we are, we are the facilitators. We are not there to judge if they're going to, you know, go through issues. Uh, we're there for them, but it's not, it's, it's not our responsibility to stop them because if we were to say we don't feel comfortable doing this wedding, they're just going to find another priest or pastor to marry them and so for us we're just the facilitators and i'm thinking to myself i'm torn because i don't know i i feel kind of a obligation to these couples and at the same time i also kind of agree with him too where we're just we're we're the intermediaries and it's it's basically (laughs) it's basically priest for hire more or less when it comes to these sort of weddings who are we to kind of lay lay our own personal judgment on it? But I also feel kind of this responsibility to, I don't know. I mean, if they've both been married and divorced before, they should have had enough time to assess why their marriages didn't work out and then bring that new knowledge into this relationship. Do you really think that people are that way, though? 
do you really think people who are divorced go through a process where the self-reflection component, I don't know too many people who have been divorced who have gone through that, that, that sense of self-reflection. Here's what I did wrong. Here's, here's how I'm going to fundamentally change my life. I would say if you've been, if you've been divorced three times, you definitely were not doing any self-reflection. But, I mean, there are plenty of people who get divorced and they remarry and then they're cool. Oh, you know? 100%. 100%. And that was that was one of my couples last year where one of them had been divorced. Beautiful, beautiful couple. They're, they're super happy. And uh, I think, I think they're, they're a perfect couple together. But then, then you have these, these moments where there are unresolved emotional things. You and I, I think for the most part, I still have some stuff to work out. I don't know about you. But you seem to be much more self-reflective, willing to change, willing to listen, willing to adapt to your own circumstances. And so in a, in a case like that, not a problem whatsoever. But it, it's, there are certain people who are kind of stuck in their ways. And Well, you were like, do you really – you said, do you really think – do you really think people are like that? And I was like, well – I'm like that, but out of all the conversations we've had, we've concluded that you and I are amongst a very, very, very small group of people who are mentally stable enough to reflect on actions and adjust the trajectory as needed. How many, and it's and I'm not just talking about relationships just life in general how many people you observe over the course of your life where you're just like yeah this i can't help this person they're gonna have to suffer the same experience over and over until they learn their lesson until they learn their lesson yes that is so true and i'm not saying you and i are like these goody two-shoe <laughs> obviously but i mean i would say it's different for everybody. I mean, I can definitely point out my flaws and things that I do where I just don't learn my lesson or I don't want to learn the lesson. But when you are a human being on planet Earth in the physical realm, there really are pretty much a an unlimited amount of facets when it comes to just being human. Right. Your relationships with people, how you treat yourself, how you treat, you know, complete strangers. Everyone's got their own strengths and weaknesses. I think, so I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, this is, I, I don't want to stay too much in the abstract, but I, I think about the concept of empathy, if that makes sense. Empathy. Like, understanding the person who you're talking to and saying, if they're saying crazy stuff or stuff that you don't understand, then there's probably a reason for that. You, you try and, and parse that out and, and try and understand it. The only reason, <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this. I'm going to say it though. Um, the only reason I say that is because in the conversations I've had with my brother and the kind of the conflicts that we've had over the past couple of years and stuff like that, the thing that where I, we would always come to heads and we'd always come to a confrontation when it came to certain topics where he would get super angry or aggressive or maybe I would be super angry about something and then he would respond in anger himself 
and it would just be this back and forth kind of antagonism and like yelling match and all that stuff. It still happened. Like it's a little more peaceful right now because the thing that I was I was thinking about was I don't think that he has a very high level of empathy when it comes to do you understand why the other person is doing or saying what they are because for me and this is I think I talked about this a a couple episodes ago with the whole CPE thing like why aren't you more angry it's like for me if I can get a sense as to where they're coming from it alleviates a lot of my own personal anxiety and stress. It's like, they're not getting where I'm coming from. But if I can get where they're coming from, then I can start to speak their language a little bit more and maybe change the way that I interact with them. And I, I was just thinking to myself, uh, my my brother doesn't really... I, my brother doesn't really have the capability of, of changing his... He he is very firm in his beliefs, and I think a lot of his beliefs are, are very valid, and he has good perspectives. He's just not able to see the other side. And so when him and I have disagreements or even get into arguments, I have, in the past couple of months, I've started to just breathe, take a step back, say, and this is the craziest part too, because you know siblings, right? You get into an argument and it just, you, you, you go, you go straight full bore, you know, you, you, you go to the low shots and and cheap shots just go for the the jugular do all that and (laughs) i'm like well that's not really productive uh because it hasn't worked in the past all all it's caused is us to just get into like you know we always forgive each other we always move move forward from whatever we've experienced but i found in the past couple of months just uh okay like just not to respond or to respond in a way where I try to meet him where he is, understanding that he can't meet me where I am. So even if he's the one who's the cause of the antagonism or says something that's really kind of shitty and bad, it's on me to kind of bridge that divide because I know it's just not, that's not the way that his mind operates. That's not the way that he interacts with people. Um, And I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I have certain feelings about that, but in the end, I feel like it's been more fruitful than just going head-on-head like a monster truck rally where no one's going to win, and the only thing that's going to be left <laughs> is two people walking out of the room and not talking to each other. It's just not worth it. I saw a short video clip on Instagram of Will Smith saying how you know when somebody when somebody wrongs you the natural thing to want as a human is revenge that's the natural that's the uh the natural setting when something like that happens all right tuning in i am now you know my my brain it's now dialing itself to revenge mode but he had said, uh, you know, the only problem with that is that when you seek revenge, you destroy yourself in the process. And after I saw that, I was like, oh, man, that 10-second clip is definitely going to stick with me for a while. <laughs> 
Dude, that's something, too, where, I I mean, I can be so judgmental of other people, and I, I think to myself, oh, well, my brother, my brother, this, that, or the other thing, he has all of these resentments against me. Dude, I've got my own resentments against other people who have wronged me, and it's like, how do you, are you, are, do you, do you hold any resentments against any other person? Can you think of something that you just feel bitter about when it comes to another person? Or not off the top of my head. Okay. I. I mean, I'm sure there. I, if I sit and think about it, but just off the top of my head, I no. feel like most people who have resentments are able to like list it off the top of their their head. And so, what you're saying right now, yeah, I don't know. You you you've got this Zen quality about you that I don't know. It, it, there's it there's a beauty to it, but also. In the same way as that wonderful lady in your quad, <laughs> where it can it can be oh, cha- right. it can be challenging in yeah. times because you I mean I think that you you have a lot of love and and forgiveness and compassion in your heart and it's a good thing I I would never want you to be a little more callous in that regard, but it can be challenging because you love and care about everyone who you come in contact with more or less in one form or another. You treat everybody else as worthy of humanity, I think, is is kind of the best summation of that. (laughs) I have my moments. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have my moments. (laughs) But enough about me. (laughs) Episode 203 of Stream of Thought. Until next time. Until next time.